Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Joe Posnanski, national columnist for NBC Sports and from Los Angeles, Michael Shore, executive producer of Parks and Recreation and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Michael, welcome back. Thank you, as always, for having me. <laughs> All right. And, and, and I, I have to say that because, again, it was pointed out by someone on Twitter that I'm the only guest on the podcast and I, I'm constantly thanking you for having me. <laughs> But again, I don't see the problem with that. I think it's I think it's polite. So I'm I don't care. I'm going to keep thanking you for having me on. It is polite. You know, I got because of that conversation last week, uh, last time we did this, which was what seven eight months ago. Yeah. Um, I, I did get several sign off suggestions. My favorite one coming from uh, Pete, a guy named Pete who who claims to have listened every minute of every podcast. So I I feel very very sorry for for Pete. <laughs> And Pete's idea for the for the podcast sign off is for me to say, "Hey, Mike, it's a great time to get a peanut butter and jelly sandwich," and <laughs> and for you to say, "Joe, it's always a good time for peanut butter and jelly." I love it. Let's there, do it. There you go. So that's our sign off. There you go. It's all set. <laughs> all right, we are doing a somewhat truncated, abbreviated version of this uh, because we both uh, have things to do. By by that I mean Michael does. So. Um, <laughs> Our faux argument this week is is very uh, simple. It is simply who is going to the World Series and who is going to win it. As as everybody who who listens to this knows, we perfectly predicted the regular season uh, as as we always do, mm-hmm. and now we're just going to predict the World Series based on uh, on uh, what we knew was going to happen up to this point. So we're doing we're, this is five minutes or ten minutes. What did we decide? Let's do ten minutes. Let's ten do minutes. a full ten, five for each league. I think that's fair. All right, and your 10 minutes, you're going to speak first. Okay. And your 10 minutes begins now. Now. So, all right. So, because we so perfectly predicted that the Orioles were going to win the, the East, mm-hmm. Detroit was going to be about a game and a half up on Kansas City at this point, yep. and that the Angels were going to run away with, with the West. Yeah. Uh, it's it's almost unfair to try to predict a World Series now because, you know, we, we've just come so far already. But in the American League, I am going to predict that the Angels are actually going to keep this going and are going to go to the World Series. And I have to say, I'm actually, despite our prediction, thoroughly shocked. Thoroughly shocked by that Angels team. Um, They're hitting like crazy, which is not super shocking. I mean, obviously, they've got really good players. What is shocking is they're hitting like crazy with guys like Pujols and, and Josh Hamilton having just kind of good years. I mean, certainly better than they were last year, but not fantastic out of the, you know, crazy years. Every single person in that lineup has a 100 or better OPS plus. They have a better than average hitter every single slot in that lineup, which is crazy, um, but not unpredictable. What is unpredictable is that that pitching staff has held up at all. I have no idea how they're doing it. They're doing it with a bunch of guys. Their closer is named Joe Smith. I mean, that's what you would name a closer if you didn't have a name for a closer. Their closer is named Joe Smith. I have no idea how they're doing it. You've seen them more than I have, I assume, being in L.A. I'm kind of shocked by it, but i got to say they've got so much mojo going. I think Chris Davis thing hurts – Hurts Baltimore with him being him being suspended. Um, I think the Angels are actually going to win the the American League. Yeah, well, the way they're playing right now, it's hard to say anything else. Um, you, you know, first of all, you know how much I love Derek Jeter. I famously love <laughs> Derek Jeter. You know that, right? I do know Derek, that. 
Jeter used to say, uh, and he was right, that the best teams make the playoffs and the hottest team wins the World Series. That's right. <laughs> right now, the Angels are both the best team and the hottest team, and so it seems crazy to say anything except that they're the you know the odds-on favorite. <clears throat> but I gotta say, uh, I, and when Garrett Richards went down, I was like, oh, they're done. Like I, 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 like you, I was surprised that their pitching was holding up to that point, and they've only gotten better, which doesn't make any sense at all. But I, I have to say, I'm going to make an insane choice, and I'm going to actually pick Oakland to get to the World Series. Okay. Uh, here's my reasoning. First of all, they're playing terribly. The reason it's insane is because Oakland is playing terribly, and the Angels are playing incredibly well. Oakland is, if they keep going the way they're going, they're not even going to make the playoffs. That's how bad they're playing. But despite how bad they've been for six weeks, um, they still have like the third most runs in the American League, and they've given up this the second fewest runs in the American League, despite how bad this has gone. And I and I think it's a little fluky that they've played this badly. They also happen to play, that division is insane. I mean, Seattle yeah. is great. The Angels are great. Um, and, you know, they may end up with three, you know, playoff teams from one division, which is impressive. And I just, I, I think that when, when you get to the playoffs, if they can survive, assuming they make the wild card, they can survive that first round. Their pitching staff is so good yeah, from top yeah. to bottom, and they still scored despite how badly they've been playing. They the Angels have only outscored them by like forty five runs or something. Like they're still their offense year long has been great, and they obviously traded Cespedes for Lester, and that was maybe a little bit of a problem. But I think that the entire team went into a slump at exactly the wrong moment, and they're fading like crazy. But if they can get in, I still kind of think, I still think they can make waves. I think they can beat any of the other teams. Um, I think they can beat Baltimore. I think they can beat Detroit, Kansas City. I think they'd, they'd match up okay against the Angels. And so I, a little bit just on pure faith, I'm going to say that, uh, that Oakland somehow pulls it out. Well, it would be justice in a lot of ways because this is exactly what Oakland has not done every year they make the playoffs. They always make the playoffs with the best or second-best record in the league. They win the division. They get in the playoffs. They run into bad playoff luck, or, or they play poorly in a particular game, and, and they're out, and Billy Bean is left holding the bag and explaining you know, how this is all a crapshoot. The crapshoot could come around. They're not very good right now. They, they have played terribly, really, ever since the Leicester trade. Yeah. And I have to say, I thought at the time the Leicester trade seemed a little misguided to me. Not because I, you know, I understood what they were going for. I think Billy Bean looked out there and said, "This is the moment for us. We've got to take it. Uh, we've been we've been sort of coasting into these playoffs for years. It's not helped us. You know, we need to take one of these." And 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 they saw it as wide open, and I can't blame them for that. Um, but maybe it's going to work in the end. If they get into the playoffs, they will have more pitching probably than they've had since they had the three big ones, the three yep. big guys. And maybe that's enough, especially in a year when nobody's scoring runs anyway. That might be enough. It's it, it certainly, you know, I, I picked the Angels with absolutely no faith that they wouldn't get swept in their first round series. I mean, it's baseball, <laughs> right? We yeah. have no idea what's really going to happen. It, I think it would be really cool if Oakland did go to the World Series this year because I think it's so different from every Oakland team in the past. Yeah, I agree, and I did. I was with you. I, I thought that it seemed like they were trading a, a, a position of relative weakness um, in league wide, which is right-handed power hitting, 
for something that they already had a fair amount of, which was pitching. Um, and he was definitely skipping past the rest of the regular season and looking at, you know, game one or two of their, of their ALDS um, with Lester pitching and, and salivating at that prospect. But, you know, again, if they can, if they can make it there, he, that's what he'll have. Like yeah. he'll have John Lester, you know, pit and start either game one or game two of a series against a team like Detroit or, or maybe Baltimore that, you know, that is, um, you know, susceptible like every team is to great starting pitching. Like I, I don't know. I, 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 part of it is completely unscientific, which is you're right that I'm thinking about years when they stormed into the playoffs and looked unstoppable and they'd won 20 straight games or whatever. And then they, you know, the Red Sox, they were up 2-0 on the Sox and the Sox beat them or they were up on the Yankees and the Yankees beat them. And one of these days, it's going to flip the other way. (laughs) You just (laughs) laws of probability. So, um, I, I, I'm, I'm still going with the team with the best. Just how bad they played the best run differential in all of baseball, the Oakland A's. I think it's a good call. I think it's a good call. Uh, you're wrong, but it's a good call. All right. So in in the National League, I'm the team that I've had all year, going back to to the beginning. Uh, I'm, I'm sticking with Washington. They've played extremely well the last say month and a half, two two months. Uh, they played really really well. Uh, they had all kinds of of crazy injuries, and which they're still dealing with, but also just kind of just weird turns for certain players. There was the weird Bryce Harper slump that was kind of inexplicable, and and nobody really kind of knew what kind of year Strasburg was having. And even even now, he's eleven and eleven, and when for people that look at one loss record, and and there's just a lot of weirdness going on. But when you break down that team and forget all about sort of this year, and you're just looking at the team and going, how good a team is that? How good are those players? I still think they're the best team. I, and, I, and I know I'm saying that with the Dodgers basically fielding something of an all-star team and having, you know, unbelievable top of the, of the rotation pitching and all of that. I still think the best team all around uh, are the Washington Nationals. So I'm picking the Nationals to go to the World Series. Well, this is good because I was worried that our faux argument was actually going to turn into a real argument. We, we can't have that. We can't actually have a debate. It would it would contradict the rules that were established for America by the show Around the Horn. And so I'm also picking uh, Washington. I, I, I think you're right. It's like top to bottom. It's just a great team. They have the best run differential in the National League. They've given up fewer runs than every team except for Seattle, I think, in all of baseball as a pitching staff. They have a bunch of guys that you don't think of as stars. It's the, you're right. It's the opposite of the Dodgers. Like yeah. they don't have Adrian Gonzalez and they don't have Carl Crawford and they don't have, they have, but they have like LaRoche and LaRoche is great. And they have Denard Spann who's having a good year. And they have, you know, they have like Rourke is like their best pitcher. You know, they, they just are like rock solid and no one's paying attention to them. And I don't buy St. Louis this year. I don't buy Pittsburgh if they make it in. I don't buy the Dodgers completely, even though you, it's hard to root against a team that is going to have an unbeatable uh, Clayton Kershaw pitching in every series for them, right. assuming to get injured. But I just, I don't know, they just seem like really solid. They just seem like they're just hard. They're tough outs all through their lineup, and they're great. They have good starting pitching. They have good relief pitching. 
I, I'm picking I'm I'm picking the A's over the Nats in my World Series. Well, good. In order to make it a true foe argument, I'm going to pick the Nats over the the Angels in the World Series. But right. but I think I absolutely your way could absolutely go that way. I mean, it's it's I really think that you know it's always wide open when you go into the into the postseason. Now you add this wild card thing. I think that the team that comes out of the wild card, that is the team that actually wins that game. Is in really good shape. I mean, yes. I, I, yeah. I, they could go both. Both of the top seeds could conceivably go down to that wild card team. I oh, mean, easily. yeah, easily. and yeah. and I don't think that's great for baseball. By the way, I don't think that's really what it's supposed to be about. You don't play that long a season to allow the fifth best team in your league to to be you know playing for the World Series. I don't think that's the way it should be, but it's the way it is, and. I think that way you set that up is probably the Billy Bean way. You probably set it up with, hey, we're going to just throw the best. We're going to have the best pitching we could possibly have and take our chances. And, I, you know, I think that that's what the Nationals do. I mean, I, look, Kershaw, Greinke, that's, that's absolutely fantastic. I'm not going to argue with that. But you look at four guys in that rotation for Nationals, even five if you count Geo, who, who's having a little bit of an off year. That's awfully good. I mean, you, you're talking Strasburg is your number three or four starter. That's awfully good. Yeah, and Doug Fister is your, and like no one <laughs> thinks about Doug Fister. Doug Fister, he's only thrown 150 innings or something, but and he doesn't strike anybody out. Right. It's a very unclear how he's doing this, but uh, he's you know he's he's got a 1.13 whip, and it's like he just they have all these guys who are just not. Not superstars, but just get the job done time after time after time. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm on board. I'm on board the Nats bandwagon. Also, it should be noted, we won a minute 45 over our 10 minutes, so we have to chop that out of the draft. Somehow. All right. A minute 45 out of the draft. Maybe we should only draft top four in order to, <laughs> since we have to drop that out. All right. Well, let's move on to the draft. And uh, today's draft, simple one-word explanation awards right this is it we're yeah. drafting awards so mm-hmm. you you have the first pick in the awards draft really yes. oh i thought you had the first pick oh great um all right and by the way as as always there were no instructions <laughs> given whether it was sports awards or international awards or anything in order for maximum confusion <laughs> it was just the word awards for drafting awards. would you not agree that we did less preparation on this one than we've ever done we never do any preparation no. But this was literally you saying, sending me an email, saying, what's our draft? And I said, eh, how about awards? And you went, yeah, okay. Great. Here we go. <laughs> uh, I'm choosing the Nobel Prize. Yeah. It's my yeah, first. Got to. That's, got my, to. that's the first pick off the board. It's a, the Nobel Prize is a no-doubter. Like, if you, if you won a Nobel Prize, you did something awesome. And that's not to say that, you know, some of the prizes are for art, which, you know, is a, a, always subjective – and a little bit bogus, and the Nobel Prize um, is famously uh, uh, a little bit political. You know, that it's a mysterious committee out in the middle of uh, Scandinavia that's deciding these things. Uh, and so, like all awards, there's a little bit of, that, that are purely quantitative, there's a little bit of sort of political uh, tomfoolery going on, but no one has ever won a Nobel Prize without being awesome. <laughs> Whatever they do, well, you know, whether it's physics or chemistry or or peace, or whatever, uh, and it's just a, such a, it's such a, um, it's the, the award that kind of defines what an award is. There's a reason that when 
you're thinking of with the first, when you think of the word awards, the first thing you think of is the Nobel Prize. So um, it's first off the board. It, it had to be. It had to be the number one pick. Yeah. Two things I, I thought about the Nobel Prize that I love. One, very simply, is you could tell somebody you won a Nobel Prize and they'd have no idea what you did. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, it's like no idea. It's like, well, I, you know, I, I brought peace to the Sudan or I wrote a play or I discovered a star. It could be like anything. It literally could be anything. And I think that's that's so fantastic. I, I love the fact that it really could. I, to me, we should be able to win a Nobel Prize for this podcast. Right here, <laughs> you know, it's like there's no rules. It's there's I mean, there are sort of vaguely rules, but. You could win it for anything, and I think that's great because to me that is like, you know, I think of my of my daughter, uh, my younger daughter who's in uh, elementary school. It would be like calling it the You Rock Award, right? It's just like you are just really good at whatever it is that you just did. So I think that's fantastic. The other thing is uh, the great little bit of Nobel Prize trivia is that a guy named Arnold Summerfield, a physicist, was nominated eighty-one times and never won. <laughs> 81 i mean that let's let's 81 times you should have been a better physicist that's what he what do you want to say you should have been better at, at physics what do you think those last few were like like those just last after he'd already been turned out 73 times you know what it's free it's a bunch of free trips to <laughs> let's think of it that way <laughs> 81 times okay i'm gonna go um and and you you, you threw me i was kind of hoping you were gonna go a different direction uh, I wanted Nobel with number one. Uh, so I'm going to go basically with the all-encompassing Most Valuable Player Award. So that uh. is for everything, the MVP award. Um, I love it because it, it it makes us argue about the word valuable. That's really my favorite part of the MVP award. Sure. It's like when when somebody named the MVP award, you know in their mind they just had best player. Right. That's all. That's the best player ought to get an award. And what are you going to call it? Let's just call it the most valuable player award. Okay, great. And ever since then, we have been parsing that word to absolute death. And I think my favorite sort of argument against somebody winning the MVP award is when they say, well, look, it's not the player of the year award or it's not the most outstanding player. It's the most valuable player. Like there is any difference between any of those things. Like there is, yeah. you're just pulling synonyms out and, and essentially saying, no, no, that's different. And uh, I love that. I love that. I, I, in a way, I would never want that to change because it brings up such extraordinarily stupid arguments that just <laughs> rage on and on every year. And, uh, you know, it's sort of like the turning of the seasons. I would not want, uh, you know, in October or November without people saying, well, Mike Trout was really good player, but, but this guy's more valuable to his team. You know, just, I love that nonsense. I have to say, I think this is a huge overreach. <laughs> I think, I think this is like, you just drafted Johnny Manziel first overall. I like, and it's because of that exact reason, which is that the, the, first of all, the MVP to take was one sport and say baseball has been given to the wrong person so many times in recent history that I find it astonishing that you would that you would designate it the best award. It's a in it's applied so terribly so often. I will say that there are some cool things about it. I like that people chant MVP like when you know when like someone when Kevin Durant is taking free throws in a game late in the season. 
I like that the crowd chants MVP. It sounds really cool being chanted. That would be one one check mark in its favor. Right. But all of to me, all of the good parts of MVP are outweighed by the miserably terrible parts, which are exactly the things you're talking about. And those are my favorite yeah. things. Well, no, first of all, nobody does chat Nobel you're, Prize you're, to anybody. You're saying that it's a good award because there are bad, annoying, semantic arguments about what it means. That's how powerful it is. That's how powerful <laughs> that award is. Nobody argues about the Nobel Prize. By the way... We don't know. The Nobel Prize could be way worse than the MVP as far as giving it to the right person. But even if – like uh, I guess I, I'm, I'm kind of making your argument for you I guess, right? <laughs> because my point about the Nobel Prize was like even if that's true, you're still – if you win the Nobel Prize for physics, you're a great physicist. Right, but I right. guess you could say the same thing about the MVP, right? If you win the MVP, you're at least a good baseball player. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're a great – look, the year that Carl Malone won the MVP over Michael Jordan – yeah. It was ludicrous. It was absolutely ridiculous, as was proven in the in the actual series. But it was ludicrous. But Carl Malone's a great basketball player. I mean, he's sure. he's equal to whoever won in physics in 1956. Sure. All right. You're saying you're saying Carl Malone is as good at basketball <laughs> as the 1956 Nobel Prize winner in physics is at physics. I just want to make sure I know what you're saying. And 1957. Both those years. <laughs> They were down years. I mean, what can I tell you? <laughs> All right. I'm going, number two, I'm going with the, what is commonly known as the MacArthur Genius Grant. Wow. This is a MacArthur Fellowship, um, which uh, is colloquially known as the Genius Grant, in which a foundation gives people a lot of money for just being awesome at something. <laughs> um, you can be a poet or an anthropologist. You can play the harp. You can be a graphic novelist or a philosopher or a historian or a human rights lawyer. It doesn't matter. They pick like 25 people a year and just go, you know what? You're a genius. Here's half a million bucks. <laughs> and it's so great. I lo It's very, very American. It's kind of what I love about it. It's very like we're just going to identify people in any field. It doesn't really matter. It's like the, the criteria are basically that you have to make like a – an, an impressive contribution in your chosen field, and they don't care what you do. You could be a teacher in the rural South, or you could be a flautist in Alaska. They just identify you as a person who's making an important achievement to your chosen field, and they give you a ton of money to just keep doing it. And I, I just think that's so cool. I think it's great that you can tell people that you won an award for being a genius <laughs> and, and that it doesn't have to, you don't, the story isn't that you are an academic. It's not like I'm really good at math or I'm really good at, you know, geography. It's just that you do something and you do it so well and in such an interesting way and are making such a wonderful contribution to whatever it is that you're doing that they just give you half a million bucks so that you can keep doing it. I think that's a wonderful thing. And I think it like the cool I think in a weird way, more than winning a Nobel Prize, winning a MacArthur Genius Grant would be like the would be a, a true achievement for anyone. It would be. It would be. It's it's a very cool a very cool award, but it doesn't it doesn't carry the same weight as the Nobel Prize. Right, because most people have never heard of it. So yes, most people have never heard of it. But but also, you, you know, the Nobel Prize has only certain categories, and and they're all academic except for peace and uh, and literature. And so that what I love about the MacArthur Genius Grant is that if you are a, a basket weaver in Indianapolis and you're just like an amazing basket weaver and you've woven incredible baskets and you're doing something that no basket weaver has ever done before 
this this group of people just shows up and goes, hey, great work. <laughs> Here's half a million bucks. I think that's so cool. So you're saying we have a real chance of winning a MacArthur Genius. I, I think if there's any award that this, that the podcast would could win, it would be the MacArthur Genius Grant. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I just wanted to be sure about that. That's good. And well, if, by the way, I assume that if we do win, I assume it's 50-50. I get that it's called, it's named after you. <laughs> But I'm going to say I'm going to stake my claim right now and say if, if we win a MacArthur Genius Grant for this, which I think we have a really good shot at doing. Well, this year, I'm hoping yeah. for this year, 2014, 2015. I think I, I, I just I'm on the record saying I think we should split it 50-50. Well, first of all, there's no way we would do anything else. I mean, it's it's <laughs> clearly it's a 50-50 award, but it probably would be even more you because you've heard of this before and I, and I have not. <laughs> So, so there's a pretty good chance they would come to you first, and you right. wouldn't split the money with me. Maybe so, I won't. Maybe I won't even tell you if you've never heard of it. Maybe I won't even tell you. All right. Well, along those same lines, then I'm going to go completely the opposite way, and my uh, second choice award. And I, and this is weird that it's waking. I have actually lots of non-sports in mind, um, but it, the way this is working out, I'm going to I'm going to do this anyway. My uh, second choice is the Lady Bing Trophy. Um, <laughs> Which is given to the hockey player that expresses uh, the best sportsmanship uh, during the season. If this was given out in any sport, it would be awesome. I mean, any sport where you're giving out some sportsmanship award that you call the Lady Bing Trophy, by the way, it's fantastic. The fact it's given out in hockey makes it so much even better. I mean, it just just trumps everything for for two obvious reasons. One, nobody... show sportsmanship in hockey, right? I mean, the whole point of hockey is not to really show sportsmanship, which leads to the second point, which is if you win the Lady Bing, you know the other players rip you for it. You know <laughs> that they they just point, there's the guy, he won it. That's the guy that won the Lady Bing. Because Gretzky won it. And you know everybody looked at Gretzky and went, yeah, yeah, sure he did. You know, it's just, <laughs> that's, all it means is you're too wimpy to fight, right? I mean, isn't that what the Lady Bing trophy is in general? So... I love that hockey gives it out. I love that a sport that is so, you know, purposely macho, not macho just in the fact that the players are very physical and, and they fight and all of those sorts of things, but there is a real culture, especially in Canada and, and whenever I watch Hockey Night uh, in Canada, which is so fantastic. Yeah. All they ever talk about is there's not enough fighting. These guys are wimps. Everybody's where, you know, they, they want to start fighting in the studio. I mean, it's, it's very, very violent. Those guys, when they talk about who wins the Lady Bing Trophy, fantastic. That's just fantastic television. Yeah, it's great. Uh, Again, a crazy overreach for you. (laughs) The Lady Bing Trophy is not the second best award in the world, but it is very funny. It's a very funny award to give out. I totally agree with you. And I was poking around last night in preparation for a draft, doing my normal, you know, intensive research. And I saw that. Martin San Louis of the Lightning won in 09 and 10 and then 10 and 11. And and then the next year, Brian Campbell won for the Panthers. And then Martin San Louis won again the following year. So apparently the the criteria for the Lady Bing Trophy are incredibly specific because the, like Martin San Louis won two years in a row. And then the third year, they're like, well, no, Brian Campbell had more sportsmanship than you this year. And then you like you didn't quite me- measure up. And then the next year, he like put on a huge display of sportsmanship, and they're like, okay, now we're going to go back and give you the award again. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, and, Bri- and Brian Campbell had a very down sportsmanship year. Yeah, you know, he's not very sportsmanlike <laughs> in, in 2012, 2013. 
but yeah, that really made me laugh that they, 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 they're parsing that so specifically that they, they went away from the repeat winner. You know? um, yeah, it, uh, it's a very funny award. Uh, so far, I'm d- utterly annihilating you in this draft, though. No, no there's, it's not I have to... My awards are much funnier than your awards. <laughs> I'm going my first sports award at number three. I'm going with the Olympic gold medal. Okay. Uh, the Olympic gold medal to me in sports is the ultimate kind of you can't take this away from me thing. Like if you have an Olympic gold medal, you know, if you win, let's say something silly like the Lady Bing trophy, when you're <laughs> when you're 82 years old and you tell your grandkids, hey, in 2013, I won the Lady Bing trophy. No one's going to care. <laughs> but if if you have an Olympic gold medal and you put it in a display case in your home, Everyone who comes into your home for the rest of time is going to want to see your Olympic gold medal. They're going to want to hold it and put it around their neck. They're going to want to hear the story. It also represents a level of training. And like people start trying to win gold medals the second that the previous Olympics is over. They start thinking about that gold medal. And when you think about whether it's the 100-meter dash or whether it's an archery award or a biathlete or whatever – it represents the sum total of so many hours of training for one very specific thing. And the feeling, I've often thought that the feeling of winning an Olympic gold medal must be the sort of epitome of, of the feeling of achievement in sports. Like it's an international competition. There's one thing that you do and you did it the best of everyone in the entire world on the biggest stage at the biggest moment. I think that's an amazing achievement. It is a great award, but there is no way it's as good as the Lady Bing Trophy. There's, <laughs> your neighbor might have an Olympic. They give hundreds of them out. I mean, everybody can get an Olympic gold medal if you're willing sure. to if you're willing to try hard enough in that sport. But <laughs> Unlike the Lady Bing Trophy, you cannot. You have to be in the NHL, get pummeled constantly, and smile. That's what you have to do to win the Lady Big Trophy. You've gone, you've gone off the rails. This is insane. <laughs> Way no, better than there's... Olympic gold medal. Plus, Olympic gold medals, they, they, they'll take it away from you. They will just absolutely take it away from you if you have any kind of drug issue or anything else. I uh-huh. mean, let, they took the gold medals away from Jim Thorpe. So you're saying you would rather have in your personal collection a Lady Bing Trophy than an Olympic gold medal. It's not even close. <laughs> I'd rather have a, a Lady Bing trophy than 10 Olympic gold medals. <laughs> In fact, there's no number of Olympic gold medals I could have that would be as good, mean as much to me as the Lady Bing trophy would mean to me. <laughs> All right. All I, right. I love the Lady Bing trophy. Right. The Olympic gold medal is really cool. I actually, I'm not going to pick it now, but I actually was very close to picking the bronze medal. It, at the Olympics. Interesting. Because, and, and much in the same way, you put your entire life into it. It's the only sport, really, where they'll give you something for third place, right? Yeah. Where they will absolutely, and, and, and it should be, because it is the sport where people, look, I'm not going to talk about the purity of amateurism or any of that nonsense, but there is something pure about these sports that are not particularly popular. Um, they're not real spectator sports and you've dedicated your life to it and you're almost good enough to win a gold medal. Almost. They still give you this bronze medal. I would love to have a bronze medal. See, that would be pretty strong. To well, have. the cool thing, the sort of like poetic thing about a bronze medal is that for some people who win them, it's probably like, oh my God, I literally can't believe I won this. Like I wasn't supposed to medal. I wasn't supposed to come anywhere close. 
I had the greatest day I've ever had, and I got to stand on a medal stand at the Olympics and have a medal put around my neck, and it was incredible. And then for other people, it's a crushing, <laughs> miserable great. disappointment, and it's a symbol of, of complete and utter failure because they were prohibitive favorites to win a gold, and they had a bad day, and they only won the bronze. It's, it, 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 there's something very poetic about a bronze medal, I think. I agree. There, there, is, a, there is a great emotion. It reminds me very quickly of the, of the long-distance runner, uh, El Garouge, who was supposed to win gold medal and ended up, I believe, winning the bronze and we were there in his in his uh, press conference afterward, and obviously he was very disappointed. And and uh, somebody uh, was in the crowd, and they they asked a question, and uh, it, you know you wear these little headphones to get the translation. And the literal translation of what he said was, "How does it feel to let down a country of fifty million people?" That was oh, that was literally the question. So that's what the bronze medal meant to him. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean that's. That's a, and it might have been a silver, but that's that's what it meant to him. And you're right, for somebody else, it's the greatest thing ever. All right, gold medals are a perfectly good thing. It's not quite a lady bing. So for my for my third pick, I'm going to go, and this is kind of in your realm. And I'm you know sorry about that. Um, I'm going to go with the Academy Award. It's the it's it's the thing that's cool about the Academy Award. And there's so many things that I realize are very uncool about it. It also the right. People do not win all the time. The right movies do not win. They're nominating 10 movies now, which is horrendous in every way. There are lots of things that are not cool about it. However, it is still the award in America that people, like, stop for. It's still, like, the award show that gets the biggest audience around the world. People are watching the show knowing full well they're going to hate the show itself. Uh, It's going to be way too long, and it's going to involve all sorts of things. Just because... It's so, I mean, I would say it's Americana, but it really is worldwide in that sense. Um, and, and it's glamorous and it's cool and they've been doing it for long enough that they can show you great clips of Bob Hope telling his jokes and, and Humphrey Bogart getting his and, and, and all the way through to Jack Lemmon and then it's, and then it's Al Pacino and then it's, you know, whoever, whoever wins uh, next year. And I think that's, there's cool. And I'm a movie guy. I love movies. Uh, I love the Oscars. I used to have every Oscar movie uh, memorized, going back to uh, the beginning. Um, uh, I can't do that as, as well anymore, but uh, but it's still there somewhere. Just because I just think there's something really cool about it, and and there's something that I think connects with people, even though on its surface it's just it's absolutely ridiculous to compare you know, silver linings playbook with Lincoln. I mean, there, there's nothing alike. And yet at the same time, we all do it. And, and I think, uh, I think that's pretty cool. So I'm going to go with the Academy Award. Yeah. I mean, all awards given for art are problematic by their very nature. It's completely subjective and abstract and impossible to sort of quantify. And, um, I, I do like the Oscars and other awards like the Oscars because they're the only, some of the only awards, in the world where an 11 year old can win and an 89 year old can win, you know, like there's something like, I remember when Anna Paquin won, uh, for the piano and it was sort of like, yeah, no, she was really good. (laughs) Like she was, that was a good performance in a good movie. And, and, and then, you know, Clint Eastwood wins and he's 82 or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's, it's just, that, that's the benefit of, of awards, giving awards for art is that a lot of different kinds of people, make art 
and so it's it's kind of always fun to see when those um, when those sort of interesting stories emerge. And um, yeah, all right, I get it. I mean, it's no Lady Bing, uh, <laughs> but it's so it's something. That's why I picked it after the Lady Bing. I picked <laughs> the Lady Bing first, and then the Oscar. I see. Um, all right, I'm going to go with the Medal of Honor um, for my fourth pick, commonly and mistakenly called the Congressional Medal of Honor, which is for it's the highest uh, award that a member of the military can win. And essentially what it means to me is that, you know, you're giving it to, to your, the, the pool of people who can win it are like the kind of the bravest people in the world, right? They're people who have decided to spend their lives fighting so that other people can, can be safe and remain free. So right away, like you're eliminating most human beings on earth. <laughs> right. And if you win the medal of honor, basically you did something so brave and so outrageously gallant and incredible uh, you, it, it means basically you overcame in a moment of sheer terror and panic the very basic human instinct to run away and hide, <laughs> which is like what all of us would do. Like the, the, the people who win that award are the opposite of the rest of us because instead of trying to save themselves and hiding and just cowering in fear, they did something that was so incredibly brave that um, that they were recognized as the bravest among the all of the people who were incredibly brave, and I, I'm, my dad was in the Navy Reserve for years, and and uh, he has met uh, some uh, some Medal of Honor winners, and I've heard stories about them, and it's just what they do is crazy. I mean, it, it's like under the worst possible circumstances, in the scariest environment, with the least hope, they managed to do something. Uh, incredibly heroic and brave, and it, it, it's mind-boggling, and it makes no sense. And uh, it's like the coolest—they're the coolest people. They're the coolest people that who can who can exist on Earth. Yeah, they are the coolest people. Uh, what's mind-boggling is that we waited to the fourth pick to take it. Yeah, uh, that's that's embarrassing. Well, you had to take the Lady Bing with well, two. well, clearly this this reflects how differently we saw the awards thing, as you can see from my picks. I was not taking this very seriously, and you were. So I'm really surprised now, looking back on it, that you took three awards ahead of the Congressional Medal of Freedom, including the Olympic Medal. There's no way that you could that you could possibly choose the Congressional Medal of Honor below. Well, it is a little bit of a it's a little bit of like a game changer, right? And now, like I'm opening up the idea of awards to include things like actual human <laughs> bravery instead yes. of it's like being a really good flautist or like being a, a good at chemistry. So it's as always, this, this is all nonsense, but <laughs> I thought it should go somewhere as like to be recognized as like the, you know, the most incredible, the top line human achievement. Yeah. They're the greatest. They're absolutely. The, the, the greatest people uh, are your congressional Medal of, of, of Honor people. I mean, that's a, goes without saying. So because of that, I got to switch now and choose uh, the Presidential Medal of Freedom to, to match you at least a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the Presidential Medal of Freedom, and such a fantastic award. And I actually had a little involvement, not, not so much involvement, but uh, Buck O'Neill won the Presidential Medal of Freedom uh, shortly after his death in, in 2007. Um, and well, he died in 2006, and and I believe it was in 2007 it was awarded. And actually, got uh, after I wrote my book about Buck O'Neill, I got a very nice note, uh, not just saying this to give myself all sorts of props, but a very nice note from President Bush explaining why he had given uh, Buck O'Neill the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which was unbelievably cool. And 
started looking into it. I started looking into what it is. And, of course, it's awarded by the president, and it's everything. I mean, we talk about the, the vast opportunities in, um, in the Nobel Prize and, and so on. This is literally just you lived a meritous life is essentially yeah. what the Presidential Medal of Freedom is. And they've given out hundreds of them. I was just doing an interview with Richard Petty, the, the, the auto racing uh, king and 200 uh, race winner and all that. He won the Presidential Medal of Freedom back in 1992, like more than 20 years ago. And recently they had a 50th anniversary or something like that that he was invited to. And he, he was just talking about being there and he's there with all of these doctors and chemists and politicians and scientists and, 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 uh, and, you know, people who are congressional medal of honor winners and, and, uh, and on and on and on all sorts of heroes. And, and he just said it was like the most amazing thing. And this is Richard Petty race car driver from level cross North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, but he's there in that room and they're as eager to meet him as he is to meet them because they all just lived such cool lives you know they just did yeah. so much with their with their life and if we're taking it seriously if we're taking awards seriously which i will not after this one by the way um <laughs> that's that's what it's about right i mean it's it, the award is not is not for the award the award is just to say you are so cool we want you to come and meet the president and kind of be in this group with other cool people and just talk and enjoy yourselves and 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 ask each other questions about how you did it and i i just think that's incredibly cool yeah it's really cool and they and you're right they do give it out for everything they give it out for artistic achievements and for like diplomacy and philanthropy and environmentalism like they, yeah. they you know and it's uh that it's sort of it's almost like the kennedy center honors or something but for the entire world where there's just a group of people who are just like, hey, great job. <laughs> you, know? you are so good at what you yeah. do. That's it, yeah. Um, it's a good choice. I, I like that choice. Um, and for my final pick, I'm going I'm going very far off the board. I'm going to essentially what amounts to an undrafted free agent, which is I'm picking the Michelin Star. Now, the Michelin Star is a restaurant ratings review system. It's known internationally as kind of the only – restaurant review that matters <laughs> it's incredibly hard to get a michelin star you can get one two or three three and right. out of out of thousands and thousands and thousands of hotels and restaurants in different cities a very 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 small number of them have uh have michelin stars i think in los angeles there's like you know a half a dozen restaurants that have any michelin stars and none that have three and the great thing about if you read about the michelin star system is it's incredibly old timey. It's like the 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 people, the reviewers are they go to incredible lengths to keep their reviewers anonymous because they don't want anyone to know that they're coming because they don't want the restaurant or hotel to do anything like, you know, they want they're really trying to get a sense of like an average day at the restaurant or hotel. So and so it it call, it's it's very funny to me to imagine all this cloak and dagger stuff, you know, where there's a a, a man or a woman I imagine them wearing like a funny costume, like like a funny, like a fedora and a pair of Groucho Marx glasses and a fake mustache, and they sneak into these restaurants and and people like there are, there are stories of chefs like literally committing suicide if they if they lose if they have a Michelin star or three stars and they go down the following year to two or whatever they are suicidal 
uh, because it's the it's the ultimate achievement in the in their chosen field. And it's also like rife with controversy and there's claims of bribery and there's all this like insane drama surrounding restaurant reviews, which is hilarious. So I, it's a very, very specific and very funny kind of like award to win. Um, and so I'm going, I'm going with that for number five. I love the I like that. You know what the really, one of the coolest parts of it is it's still called the Michelin star. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just could not be, that's the, that's so 1950s, you know, you can almost just see the commercials and yeah. and they're still calling it the Michelin star. Very, very strong. All right. It's a good pick. It's a good pick. All right. With my fifth pick, I was going to go, um, I'm not going to pick the, the Heisman trophy, but I, but I'm going to mention it because I literally just in the mail today, uh, got this in the mail and it was just a package from Nebraska and it is a, uh, it's like a box and in the bo- on the box is Amir Abdullah's uh, picture, and uh, it's number eight. And it says on it below, powering Nebraska football since 2011. And in the box are like 15 AA batteries. That's literally what they just said. <laughs> they just they – just... now that is a terrible award right there. When, 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 you, when people are doing that, that's just a horrendous award. So my award, uh, my fifth choice is more in line with my first three. Um, which is the comeback player of the year award. I, I like the comeback player of the year award because you have to, for one reason or another stink in order to win it. I, I think any award where at some point you have to fall because of injury or some sort of, some sort of debilitating mental collapse or, or something, you have to fall to a certain level and then have to come back. I think that's great because it, it leads to only two possibilities. The Comeback Player of the Year award could absolutely be the story of human triumph of somebody who, who literally had to overcome all kinds of things. Like when like when Gail Sayers came back from the knee injury, nobody thought he was going to be able to come back from with hard work and with the help of Brian Piccolo and, and all of those things. And he comes back and, and, and wins the Comeback Player of the Year award. It's 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 the story of human human improvement, human drama. I mean, it's awesome. Or it's the lamest award that has ever been given out because somebody just happened to have a slump the year before, or they took steroids and they they got caught, or something else, and they came back from something that was so unnecessary in the first place. But you have to give the award out every year. So I love the comeback player of the year award. What I want them to do is is on years that there is no comeback player of the year, not give out the award. Just just say, we are vacating the award this year. Nobody is worthy of comeback player of the year. And then it'll be a fantastic award. So let me ask you, do you, in your opinion, when Martin San Luis of the Tampa Bay Lightning <laughs> lost the Lady Bing Trophy in 11-12 and then won it again in 12-13, should he have also won the comeback player of the year award in hockey because he... Had an off year for sportsmanship the year before, and then was so sportsman like the following year. It seems to me like that's a no brainer. He should have also won the comeback player of the year. I'm all for a comeback lady Bing award. Right? <laughs> so <laughs> anybody who, for whatever reason, fell off in their sportsmanship. Yeah. By the way, who would win the NFL like lady Bing? Is there somebody who could win the NFL lady Bing? <laughs> right now, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not a chance. 
there's not a single person like anyone who did who isn't in prison i think <laughs> or, or under indictment for a federal crime like which is which limits like limits the league to about seven guys oh. there's probably so there's probably a, a special teams player on the lions who would who would win <laughs> because everyone else is in trouble <laughs> oh all right well i actually want to talk to you about how terrible uh, our sports world has become but we are out of time so uh so wait a minute let's see if i can get my line the way it goes um hey mike this would be a great time for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich <laughs> i'm not sure i can do this <laughs> you know joe any time is a good time for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich oh that's perfect that's perfect <laughs> all right thanks we'll do this again soon all right thanks <laughs>